Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Michael Rothstein Show. This is your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Bet Online Sunday Ticket and Thera One. Two days of Lions padded practices are now in the books. And guess what? There are some trends emerging. There was also a pretty a pretty potential major injury at practice, and God's really starting to get acclimated. Those are going to be the three things that we hit on during today's podcast. And we'll start with more of the news aspect of the day, which is this. And it happened to rookie defensive tackle Jayshon Cornell. It happened during a one-on-one period with the offensive line and the defensive line. It's during one of my favorite drills every training camp. It's basically one of the few drills where guys really test themselves one-on-one against another player. Basically, the point of the drill is for the offensive lineman to block the defensive lineman, the defensive lineman to one-on-one make a move to get past his guy to the quarterback. And Jay Sean Cornell was lined up against Ode Abouche, the veteran offensive guard. He actually beat Abouche off of the jump. It looked like he got past him, and then it wasn't clear whether he got tangled up or he landed wrong, or he pivoted wrong, but he ended up kind of yelling a little bit, and then he immediately took a step or two and crumpled to the ground. Trainers almost immediately were over there looking at his left leg for probably about five minutes or so before he got carted off, and it was just a situation that looked very much from the beginning as one that would not be good. The Lions moved up about 10 yards, continued on with the drill. I've seen that time and time again during practices if a guy gets hurt. But Jay Sean Cornell was then carted back to the locker room. And Matt Patricia, on Tuesday afternoon on his Zoom call, started off his press conference by saying that it was a pretty serious, pretty severe injury for Jay Sean Cornell. He didn't have an exact time frame or timeline when it came to him but the fact that he's already describing it as pretty severe and pretty serious as a lower to at least to me look like a lower leg injury a lower left leg injury doesn't necessarily bode well for the rookie out of Ohio State and that is at a position where the Lions already were not super deep John Atkins who was a roster bubble guy has already opted out Cornell possibly could have been the beneficiary of 
John Atkins opting out. Now it looks like he might be at least out for a bit, if not longer. So what does that look like on the interior of the line for the Lions? Well, that means they've still got their starters, Danny Shelton and Nick Williams. They have Deshaun Hand and Romeo Aquaro, who can theoretically play inside, but not on a down-to-down basis. And then you've got guys like Olive Sagapulo. You've got guys that... John Piacini, the rookie from Utah who was drafted around before. Jay Sean Cornell, those are maybe the guys that are going to see some of the benefit potentially if Cornell is out for a while. But don't be surprised, too, if Detroit needs to bring in another defensive tackle. They already looked at one, and Draylon Mack, that didn't last very long. He didn't pass his physical. So they're open to it. At the very least. So that's going to be a position, I think, to watch in the next couple of days if Jay Sean Cornell's injury is as bad as Matt Patricia made it seem like it could be feared to be. So yesterday we also talked a little bit about rookies. And we talked about how good Jonah Jackson had looked. Well, here's the thing with Jonah Jackson, as we'll continue this rookie theme here at the top of the show. Jonah Jackson, guess what he did here on Tuesday? He once again lined up as the starting right guard. So Matt Patricia, for all of him saying, oh, they're rotating guys in, it was just his day. Well, I'm wondering if his day might actually be his week. Now, we'll see what happens when the Lions take the field again on Thursday. But if Jonah Jackson's in there again on Thursday, I think that the quote-unquote right guard competition might not end up being much of a competition at all because it's clear that they are giving... Jonah Jackson, every opportunity to win that job. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show that Matt Patricia praised his ability to make transitions, how he transitioned from Rutgers to Ohio State late in his college career, and how he's making the transition now. He didn't look out of place, at least in the portion of practice that I watched. I had to bounce out of practice early for a doctor's appointment today that was scheduled for months way before the NFL schedule came out, and I couldn't move it. So I missed about the last 20 minutes or so of practice. But from what I did see, again, Jonah Jackson looked like he held his own, looked like he belonged. There weren't any major, major gaffes that I saw in that offensive-defensive line drill that I mentioned earlier. I actually had him winning both of his reps in that drill against Deshaun Hand, although... Let me make it entirely clear very fast that that's a tough drill to make an assumption on, a determination on. It was really close for us, so we were able to see it. But what I could see is one way. Someone else could see it as another way, and someone else could even see it as a tie. I think both of those reps were really close with Jackson and Hand, but I had Jackson actually winning both of them. I don't think that says anything about Deshaun Hand. I think it just says where Jonah Jackson might be. So I think after two days, it's worth saying, hey, maybe you should get excited about Jonah Jackson. So we're going to look at a few other players and have a couple of other thoughts from watching camp on Tuesday right after this break. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. They're started by Dr. Jason Worsland. He's the guy who also came up with TheraGun, which is so popular in NBA and NFL locker rooms. TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mine. Listen, a lot of CBD products can claim organic, but they still have up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially, to- are potentially toxic. TheraOne, they test their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic. It's grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality, quality available anywhere. And now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund and within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash blue wire now back to our show so at the top of the show we talked a bit about rookies and we're going to continue that here right after the break as we're getting into detroit's second round pick deandre swift guess what deandre swift looked really really good on tuesday and again one day of practice does not a star make or a hype train make or rather a successful hype train make we saw that from amir abdullah a few years ago with the Lions, even maybe carry on Johnson a little bit, two years ago with the Lions. But DeAndre Swift got a good amount of work on Tuesday, and he did not disappoint. Again, in individual drills, he really stood out. He was lined up as a running back, catching passes out of the backfield against linebackers, and he made the linebackers kind of look a little bit silly. He smoked Jason Cabinda on one rep. He smoked Jared Davis on one rep. He All three of his reps were incredibly, incredibly impressive. I The note that I took down when he went against Davis was Swift completely made JD, who's Jared Davis, look foolish. And he did a good job on Elijah Lee as well. Elijah Lee came back later on a different running back and had a really good pass breakup. But... The only thing that DeAndre Swift did wrong in that entire drill was he dropped one of the three passes, and that's not great. But he was able to get open. Frankly, the way he kind of corkscrewed and made guys look a little silly reminded me a little bit of Theo Riddick in his prime in Detroit when he would just sometimes make guys fall down, especially with that angle route. He wasn't really running angle routes. He was running more out routes, but... You can just tell he has the ability to be a pass catcher out of the backfield, and that's something that this Lions backfield has certainly needed. One other thing that I thought was kind of interesting to note as I was going through my notes early is 
during individuals, I don't think many people caught it. There was part of the time where Jason Huntley, the fifth round pick out of New Mexico State, that's a running back, but looks a lot like J.D. McKissick, actually was watching what the wide receivers were doing and was getting coached up a little bit by wide receivers coach Robert Prince. I don't remember if I saw him actually take any reps in that individual drill, but it's something worth noting because they're going to at least try to, I think, cross-train him a little bit. While we're talking about kind of those smaller, shiftier guys that can play multiple positions, Jamal Agnew's another guy who really stood out to me on day two. There were a ton of questions about Jamal Agnew making this switch from cornerback to receiver. We talked about it even on Monday's show about that really the way he's still going to make the team is going to be as a returner. And I still deep down believe that, that that is going to be the main crux of how he ends up on the roster. But I thought he looked good in stretches as a receiver on Tuesday. And that's great for him because he's still really learning how to run routes. He's still learning the route trees and what all of that means. But he was able to get inside of the Detroit Lions defensive back that he was matched up with. Once he really took it all the way down the field and caught a nice deep route. The other one was a shorter route that frankly was pretty sharp. He looked good in those individual drills, which is a good sign for him. I asked Matt Patricia later on, by the way, one of those was against Tony McRae, who's a cornerback that's trying to vie for a special teams role. I asked Matt Patricia after practice about Jamal Agnew, and he's, he said one of the things that stood out early on was that he was able to run routes and that he saw some ability there because you didn't really know what you were going to get from Jamal Agnew in this situation since he didn't have the spring and he didn't have any time at all in his first real work as a receiver, although as Patricia said, they did work him a little bit as a receiver toward the end of last year. We saw that in the season finale against Green Bay, and apparently that was happening a little bit maybe in practice as well. But his first real extended work is the past three weeks. So it's going to still be, I think, a long road for him to make it. But really on, and we haven't seen a ton of team drill work from him that in 11-on-11 situations of how he will look there. But in one-on-one situations where his job is to beat the DB, and again, these maybe aren't the top-end, top-of-the-line DBs. Let's see what he can do against a Desmond Trufant or a Justin Coleman. But this is a good start for Jamal Agnew as he needs to make an impression here in a crowded receiver, receiver core that... You know, he has the return skills, but if Jason Huntley wins that return job, and again, that's the second time his name has come up, then Jamal Agnew really needs to show promise as a receiver. And based off of the how he looked today, I think that you can feel like he's maybe starting to get it a little bit, and maybe, maybe it's starting to trend in the correct direction for him. So as I'm emptying out the note, the notebook a little bit here today, uh, backup center. We talked a little bit about how Jonah Jackson played there yesterday. You saw Logan Stenberg get some work as a backup center on Tuesday. I think that really the Lions are just trying to cross-train guys as much as possible so that way they are prepared and that almost any of the interior linemen they have on their roster can play that backup center position. We already know Joe Dahl can do that. We already know Kenny Wiggins can handle that. Well, the two rookies, we didn't know about that, so they're trying to get them some work there. It's also a way to get them extended, added reps and add to their versatility. So I'm not reading into any of that, just 
quite yet as who the backup center would be because obviously if you're Lion, the Lions, you want Frank Ragnow in there for every play, play of every game this season. Similarly, saw a little bit of Tyrell Crosby at guard again today. We covered that in yesterday's podcast and what that has been, including talking to Tyrell a little bit. Uh, one other guy I want to mention in the individual portions that stood out to me is Quintez Cephas. You're really starting to see maybe why the Lions really liked him. He doesn't have that great speed, but I'll tell you what, he's got really good route running and they're really crisp and it's maybe better than you would think for your average rookie. He did go up against fellow rookie Jeff Okuda in one individual drill and he had a comeback route that really seemed to fluster Okuda a little bit and I thought it was a really clean move and a clean route by Cephas in that rep. He also had a really good double move on Okuda that made Okuda look a little bit foolish. Again, don't read too much into it. A corner is a really hard position to learn and I think Jeff Okuda is still kind of getting his feet under him here. I'm not worried about Jeff Okuda. I know that there is some, there have been some questions of people being like, why isn't he on the first team already? Matt Patricia wants to take his time with him. And I think you're going to see that. Like I said, yes, on yesterday's podcast, like I said, on another podcast I was on last night, if 10 days from now, Jeff Okuda is still on the second team and he hasn't shown discernible progress, then it's reason to wonder whether he'll be the starter on opening day. Right now, I wouldn't sweat it too much. One thing that you wouldn't see, even maybe if you were at practice, is this is, I think, shows to Kenny Galladay's work ethic, right? Like in between sessions, they're doing a lot of special teams work. Kenny Galladay is one of the few Lions not on any special teams, along with Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. So while Amendola and Jones are kind of resting, what's Kenny Galladay doing? Galladay is having a staffer basically throw balls to him consistently while he's moving, just kind of keeping himself ready, keeping himself loose, and also just getting every extra rep in. That's just kind of how Kenny Galladay's been the last couple of years. And it was something that caught my eye today that I thought was worth mentioning on this podcast. And lastly, there is this, and this is my play of the day here on Tuesday's podcast from Tuesday's practice. It comes from quarterback David Blau. Blau was in the backfield in a team drill found Quintez Cephas, there's that name again, running basically a perfect corner route. And more than anything else, the ball David Blau threw was perfect. It was a high-quality NFL-level throw to a wide-open Quintez Cephas on a corner route on the sideline that pretty much put it where only Cephas could catch it, not that really anyone was around him, and he was able to get out of bounds. That was a perfect throw and catch by David Blau to Quintez Cephas, while it wasn't maybe a highlight reel situation like you saw on Monday from Kenny Galladay or from Marvin Jones, it was a play by two young players that really shows some of the potential maybe on some of these young guys. So that is something, again, that you won't necessarily see. You might not have caught because it was a third-team play, but definitely one that I thought was worth mentioning for the Lions. That'll be it for today's show. I want to thank my sponsors as always. Bet Online, Sunday Ticket, Ferrer One, Bet Online, Regents Field, and of course Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. We're going to do a mailbag episode tomorrow for Thursday's show, as I'm sure you've got a bunch of questions. So feel free to tweet me or send me a message on Instagram at Mike Rothstein to get your question in. 
Don't forget to follow on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And more than anything, give this show a five-star rating, would you? We'd really, really appreciate it. And we will chat with you tomorrow. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and big game Bob Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's a promo code of BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.